Welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And on today's show, it's the draft recap, wide receivers edition. And I'm going to jump straight into it, talk about some good fits, bad fits. Why do I think certain spots help some guys? And why, why did some guys slide? All right. So we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens, who took two receivers in this draft. First one, Hollywood Brown, who was actually the first receiver taken off the board. I have previously said I felt like that was a good fit because he's a speed guy and he's going to get separation downfield. And someone like Lamar Jackson, who isn't the most accurate guy, I said inaccurate quarterbacks need one or two things. Somebody that's fast and is going to get a lot of separation and he can throw it out there and the guy can run underneath the ball. And then a big guy with a large catch radius where you don't have to be perfect. You just have to throw the ball in the area of the receiver. So he got both of those guys. Hollywood Brown in the first round, the first receiver taken off the board, and Miles Boykin, wide receiver from Notre Dame, 6'4", 220 pounds, crazy vertical jump, uh, tested through the roof. Three cone was crazy. Uh, Vertical jump was like 42 inches. Um, Freak athlete. Now, I didn't see that on film. I didn't see that ability ability on film. He did show it here and there where he had the, you know, uh, where he went up top on some defensive backs, uh, jumped on their heads, as I like to say, me and my me and my friends. But it, it was inconsistent. And I didn't think he got enough separation downfield. But again, big big receiver, athlete. He got taken at the end of the third round. We'll see how it works out. But they got two guys that it seems like they fit Lamar Jackson's skill set. After that, we had Nikhil Harry drafted from Arizona State. The Patriots grabbed him. And at the end of the first round, it it wasn't too much of a surprise. Harry, tremendous uh, ability, 50-50 ball uh, catcher. I, I thought that the slot was more of a spot that fit him best. And I'm anxious to see what the Patriots do. Maybe they felt the same way, but he's not like their traditional slots that we've seen them play with, the Julian Edelmans, De- uh, Danny Amendola, right? He- he's not like that. He's much larger than 5'10", 185-pound receivers. This guy is almost 6'4", he's you know, 6'3", 228 pounds, right? Uh, ran a 4'5", 3 at the combine. He's definitely athletic. He definitely can do some freaky things catching the ball. I'm very interested to see how exactly the Patriots use him because again in my eyes he's more of a big slot then you have the third guy that got taken Debo Samuel with my 49ers and I'm really excited about the pick there's some people that think that he's just a slot he's not I know he's only 5'11 a little bit under six feet tall but he's an outside receiver that you use all over the field Uh, you can hand the ball off to him throw it to him slants he averaged like over 30 yards per catch on slants, which is, like, amazing. Uh, Most of his work from the outside has some really big plays, a 90-yard reception against Florida Gators, had a 70-yard touchdown on a slant first play of the game against uh, Kentucky. So he's a big play guy, definitely a lot of potential there to be the 49ers' go-to guy. That's why I think Tough, physical, breakaway speed. I think he's somebody that you just want to get the ball in his hands. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I figure out ways to scheme him up, get him in space. He's going to break tackles. He's going to do all those things to rip off some big plays for the 49ers. Now, the 49ers drafted another guy, 
that raised some eyebrows. Jalen Hurd. And when I heard that, I'm like, Jalen Hurd, the, the guy that was a running back at Tennessee? And, yeah, it's him. So Hurd, um, as you guys know now, I'm pretty sure, he was a 6'4", 6'5", 240-pound running back at Tennessee. Well, he transferred because of, you know, some concussions or something like that, and he wanted to play receiver. So he was telling them, hey, I, I want to play receiver. Can you guys move me positions? I guess that's what happened. And they were like, no. For whatever reason, he transferred to Baylor, started playing receiver. And when I turned on this film, it was it was very surprising what I saw. I saw for, for somebody that's six foot five, 227 pounds, I saw great movement skills. Really good routes. I mean, this is somebody that hasn't been playing receiver for a long time. Really good route running ability. Um, understood, you know, leverage. I, I I did a thread. I don't want to get all into it. I did a thread on my Twitter account, at Eric underscore Crocker. But just an exceptional uh, athlete with good movement skills for somebody his size. Right now, he's not a burner. But I, I'm interested to see how Kyle Shanahan uses it, uses him. Um, I have some mailback questions later, and that was one of the questions, so I'll, I'll answer it when I get to those mailbox questions. All right. Um, after him, all right, we got Kansas City Chiefs. They took Miko Hardman. All right, Miko Hardman, Blazer. And, and the first thing I think most people thought was, wow, that's Jalen Rand- uh, that's uh, Tyreek Hill's replacement. And I, I, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see how that whole thing pl- plays out. The legal systems, I don't want to guess or, you know, I, I don't know what exactly is going on, but you guys know he got into a, a, a situation with his son, ended up with a broken arm, and then they have the audio files of what he was saying to his fiance, and I'm not going to get into all that, but Miko Hartman, Chiefs wide receiver, Blazer, ran in the four threes at the, at the combine, extremely fast. Now, he went to Georgia, and I think we've seen with Georgia – Receivers, they their stats are underwhelming. The ability was there, but if you look at their quarterback stats, they only threw the ball twenty times a game on average, and he only averaged thirteen completions per game. Now, thirteen completions per game spread out between Miko Hardman, Riley Ridley, who also got drafted to uh, he went to the Chicago Bears. You have some um, the running backs that had a tight end that was good. They had uh, Holloman, number nine, big big target. So, they had all these weapons. They're throwing the ball to their running backs, Swift, Holyfield, um, number 35. Can't think of his name right now, but spreading around, around the ball. But they only average 13 yards of completion. So, your your overall numbers aren't going to be the best. But So, with Georgia receivers, you, you just have to look at their ability. And Michael Hartman, I, I have put it out on the Press Coverage Podcast Twitter account. Said, does anybody play faster than this dude? And I don't think so. He's a blazer, so he fits right in with what the Chiefs have been doing. Downfield, vertical threat. He can catch a ball, shoot, you know, 15 yards downfield, stop, and explode upfield and outrun everybody to the end zone. So he, he, he fits right in. Now, Andy Isabella, he actually got drafted before DK Metcalf, before Hakeem Butler. All right, and I'm, I'm going to talk about Hakeem. Butler and, and, and DK Metcalf, but Andy Isabella, fast, speedy receiver. He, you know, the Arizona Cardinals um, grabbed him, and I'm like, gosh, some more speed for my 49ers secondary to have to deal with. But he's smaller. I, I called him a poor man's Brandon Cooks. 
All right, that's kind of how he looks. Where it's not someone that's extremely fluid. He wins mainly with speed, as did uh, Brandon Cooks. He his his best attribute is his speed, and that helps him create separation. So cornerbacks are going to be scared of the speed, right? When they're scared of your speed, they're going to get out and run, and that makes it easier for you to sit down and be open. You you don't have to be the best route runner to you know, take advantage of that. But Isabella, I like him. He's tough. Another guy, you just want to get the ball in their hands. And they have they have another receiver, Christian Kirk, who they just drafted last year. You have Larry Fitzgerald, who's on his way out. Someday he's going to retire. Not yet. So Isabella, they added him. And then at the top of the fourth round, they went ahead and grabbed Hakeem Butler, the 6'5", 227-pound receiver, ran a 4'4", 8 out of Iowa State. Um, he slid. He slid. There were a lot of people that thought he was a fringe first-round draft pick. He didn't go first round. I'm like, okay, well, he's going to go at some point in the second round. He didn't go second round, third round, but top of the fourth round he was taken. And I'm interested to see how it works. Now, Now he had – I'm not even going to get into him yet because – he was another person I saw in the uh, mailbox question, so we're, we're not going to get into him just yet. Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell went to the Colts. Uh, Blazer, I think he ran the fastest 40 at the combine, six foot 205 receiver out of um, Ohio State. It, it was weird looking at his film because he only ran a few routes. He ran, and most of them were out of the slot, I'd say like 95% of the time. Crosser versus man, and if it wasn't, Versus man, if it was a zone, he'd cross it and sit down in the open area. That was pretty much how they used him. And, and then outside of that, they do fly sweeps with him, um, shovel passes, things to get him the ball, let him use his speed and race down the sideline. He had a bunch of big plays. So I'm interested to see how he plays in the NFL and how they use him. I have a buddy. Uh, I played with him in the arena league, and he was actually at the combine. He's a college coach now. And he told me, hey, man, I was, I was watching Paris Campbell at the Combine. Dude ran the best routes of anybody there. So that's high praise. So we didn't get a chance to see him on the outside a lot versus, you know, man, press. So I'm curious to see how he does there, but it sounds like he has the ability. All right. Now, th- this one, this guy was taken at the top of the sec- uh, third round to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Deontay Johnson, all right, out of Toledo, I believe. And Deontay Johnson, man, he he didn't run a blazing 40 time. He's 5'10", 183 pounds, but he plays so fast. He plays extremely fast. So he's a vertical threat. I'm surprised they didn't go for, like, DK Metcalf. But vertical threat, he could push downfield. I was really, really, I thought they would go for a little bit more size because you just drafted Washington, who I was never high on. And he definitely had an underwhelming rookie year. We'll see how he progresses from there. I didn't like uh, Washington out of Oklahoma State when he was drafted to Pittsburgh. Uh, you you have Juju Smith. He he plays pretty big, not the biggest guy again, around six foot, six foot one. And then you draft this guy who's five ten, and he sounds kind of like a Antonio Brown clone. <laughs> we'll see how that whole thing works out. But the Steelers have uh, a track record record of you know drafting well, developing guys. And we'll see how that works with Deontay Johnson. 
And the last guy, or no, I didn't touch on DK Metcalf yet, but so I'll, I'll talk about Terry McLaurin and um, another receiver out of Ohio State. Redskins drafted him in. They, I mean, can we name any Redskins receivers right now? They don't have Crowder anymore. They, Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson, uh, they drafted him a few years out of TCU. He's had some injury concerns. Uh, hasn't made much of an impact for the Redskins. A lot of these guys, man, you, you go back to that draft, you had a chance to get Michael Thomas, who I thought, go back, I, I got the receipts. He was the wide receiver one for me. He slid to the second round somehow, and you see what he's doing now. But uh, Terry McLaurin, very interesting. He He's fast, but I, I didn't think he played as fast. I think there were spots where I did see it. The offense that he used, uh, that he was, the way he was used in the offense, running deep crossers, and they just throw it out there. Sometimes he would catch. He did a lot of body catching. I didn't think he had a lot of separation in his routes, but the Ohio State offense, it was, it was just the way they did it. They didn't help the receivers kind of showcase their skills. He went down to the Senior Bowl and had one of the better Senior Bowl weeks. A lot of people came away really excited about what he did. Another blazer running the four threes. He has good size, like six foot, 210 pounds or something like that. So, you know, he, he has the speed. He has the size. I'm definitely interested to see how he is used with the Redskins. They have Jay Gruden over there. He's a good offensive mind. They drafted a quarterback, uh, Haskins, from Ohio State. So I'm very interested to see how that whole thing plays out. Best of luck to them if they play my 49ers. And the and last but not least, I'll talk about the two Seahawks receivers, DK McCaff, and they also got Gary Jennings. And DK slid. A lot of people asked about that. I don't know why. I know I saw reports about the 49ers. They didn't they didn't mesh well with him at the combine during the interview process. I don't know if that was the case with a lot of other teams as well. You don't know about the medical side of things. He's a freak athlete. All right. And and, and now he just got paired with Russell Wilson, who specializes in the deep ball. Does anybody throw a better deep ball than Russell Wilson? And, and it's so catchable. I mean, it's like it seems like he just throws it as high as he can. And it just drops in perfect and right into the receiver's hands. Very catchable. Seems like they come down with it all the time. So I think this is a nightmare matchup for the league with Russell Wilson, the play action. They like to do a lot of run stuff, run action, and they're going to sneak this guy behind the secondary. He does run a 4-3. He, he plays just as fast as he runs. And I know people say he doesn't run a ton of routes. I think he runs enough routes. I I I. I'm not going to ask him to do double moves, triple moves, or anything like that. I'm not going to ask him to do the Dino route. But, you know, you can have him run a post. You can have him run a go, 5-yard, 10-yard, 15-yard comebacks, curls, digs, slants. He does all those things, and he runs them very well, right? He's just not going to do post-corner post or anything like that. But he's not going to need to in his offense. He's gonna, they're going to stretch the field. They're going to use him downfield. And I know I got a question in the mailback session about, you know, how they're going to use him. And and so we'll get into that in a little bit. But DK Metcalf. And then the other guy they got was Gary Jennings, who I really didn't know much about. Um, my guy Grant Cohn uh, put me onto him. He predicted the 49ers draft him in the fourth round. Well, the Niners didn't. The Seahawks did. I thought he was a little stiff for... His size, 6'1", 215. Um, I didn't think that he moved very well. He was a slot receiver. And in the slot, he, he did a good job of 
being able to stretch the field. But the the route running was a little bit underwhelming, really long-legged, a little stiff. I'm interested to see how he gets separation at the next level. I don't see it being just something that is a big staple of his game. But, you know, we'll see. Doug Baldwin, there's there's talks of him possibly retiring. So we'll see who's next guy up. They do have uh, Lockett. And as a Niner fan, I don't like Lockett. But, you know, as a football fan, I appreciate this dude. He's a little dude, but he plays big, gets downfield, makes big plays all the time. So there's just a lot of speed on the field for the Seahawks with Lockett, with Gary Jennings, who also ran a 4-4-1, I believe, and then DK Metcalf, who's one of the faster receivers in the NFL, and he's a big guy, and he plays like it. So that's it for the receiver reviews right now. Those are the kind of names that just jumped out a little bit to me and I wanted to touch on and talk about a little bit. So next, I'll be getting into my mailbox section. I'm going to start my mailbag session. All right, get to some of these questions. First one is at Perry underscore NB9. All right, he said, how much will A.J. Brown extend the Titans' already dull passing game? Is he going to be limited because of Mariota? Will he under or overperform? All right, and I I think he'll do well. (sighs) Mariota... Mariota's hit and miss. Sometimes he's hot, he's cold. I've already seen what he's done with Corey Davis, who I think is a tremendous receiver. He underperformed his rookie year, definitely dealt with some injuries. Last year was better. If they use him in the slot, I, I do think that A.J. Brown will do well. I, I think that's an easier target for Mariota, who might want to keep things inside the, the hashes. They did a lot of that with Delaney Walker, and he excelled. So... Yeah, I think he'll help some things. I don't know how much he'll open it up for Corey Davis, who's a tremendous receiver, but just isn't putting up, you know, super numbers. Did have a better second year. I think he will, I think he'll overperform, depending on what you think overperforming is for A.J. Brown. All right. The Ravens, uh, we got prototype underscore WR. I'm assuming that's wide receiver. Um, he wanted me to talk about the Ravens drafts. I already talked about them, so we, we won't go too much more into the Ravens draft picks. All right. Um, here we go. We got a 49er question. Does Goodwin fit in with the future of the 49ers? I, I don't know if Goodwin fits in with the future of the 49ers, but I do know that Goodwin fits in with the now of the 49ers. He's that veteran guy in the locker room. He's been through a lot, and they've stood by him through all of that. I don't think... Anybody right now is going to get him cut, but I do see him taking a back seat as far as numbers-wise. We saw his numbers drop off tremendously last year, 27 catches. Um, a very underwhelming year for him. And then now you bring in D, uh, Debo Samuel. You bring in Jalen Hurd. We'll see how they use him. And you already have Dante Pettis. You have Kendrick Bourne, who actually led the team in receiving last year. So we'll see. I think I don't think he's a, he's in the long term plans with the 49ers. Here's another question, 49er question again. Here we go from at individual. All right, is Jalen Hurd going to remain a wide receiver, or does it make sense to move him to a tight end? Yes, I, I, I want to answer this question. Uh, I'm actually excited to answer this question. To me, Jalen Hurd is a receiver. If I'm drafting him. I'm not going to move him to tight end. He's 6'4", 6'5", 227 pounds. If I'm, if I'm there, I'm in the building with the 49ers, I say, 
hey, I want you between 220 and 225 pounds. You play extremely strong. You play at that weight. That's where we want you. We love your movement skills. You are a big receiver. He moves extremely well for his size. I don't want to take away from that. I don't want to add weight and then have him moving like some big tight end. To me, he can have success on the outside or inside. He needs to develop some releases and things like that. But the way he runs his routes extremely, extremely well. I have no doubt in my mind that if they focus on him being a receiver, which is what he was in college, he will have success in the NFL. But focus on one position. I heard Kyle Shanahan, and or I actually I just saw the, the comments on Twitter, and I just said, gosh, don't do it to him. He said, uh, right now he's a receiver, but, you know, if he adds weight, he can be a tight end, he can be an H-back, and all these, they're running back. And, uh, uh, he's a receiver, and that's where I would put him. I would line him up outside. I would line him up in a slot. I would do some different things with him. I would hand the ball off to him, but ultimately I would want him to focus on becoming the best receiver that he can be. And from everything I've seen and heard, he's an extremely hard worker. That's where I would tell him, get better at that. And I already like what I've seen. All right, here we go. Next question. This is from Lode Wilkes Schultz. Schultz. Hey, Eric, what is your vision on the amount of influence a good pass rush has on the coverage? Some people state that pass rush has less influence on coverage and is overrated. Would you think Spoon, I know he's talking about Akella Witherspoon, or Timor, Tarverius Moore, will benefit a Bosa and Ford this year? Now, this is, I know I'm supposed to be talking about receivers, but I'll answer this question. I I like him. Um, I think they go hand in hand. You're not always going to get good good pressure, so you would like good coverage during that time. And when you do get good pressure, it helps the defense out if somebody lacks and somebody's open and they don't see it. So I I think at the end of the day, it it goes hand in hand. They, They help each other. All right, let's get into another question. Okay, here we go. Tougher guy for the 49ers to cover. DK Metcalf in Seattle or Hakeem Butler in Arizona? I'm 100% saying DK Metcalf in Seattle. No-brainer. I mean, with with how good uh, Russell Wilson is, uh, especially off the play action and, and just his his threat downfield, it's that, that one's a no-brainer to me. I'm going with Metcalf. Hakeem Butler definitely has some good things to work with, but... He struggles against separation. A lot of things are 50, uh, 50 contested catch balls, which he is good at, but I don't want to make a living on that. Where DK McCaff, he could just outrun you, and Russell Wilson has an extremely strong arm. He can throw the ball downfield. I, I don't like that. If I'm in the NFC West, I don't like that the, the Seahawks got him. All right. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Which wide receiver do you see being cut from the 49ers with new additions? Uh, I told you guys I was going to have a lot of 49er questions. I'll say mm, Matthews, even though he's one of the new additions, and Trent Taylor. I think maybe they stick with uh, the young guy, Richie James. All right, let's get to some more questions here. What is the best way to slow down a receiver like McCaff? And if he is such a dominant player, why did he dominate college I, th- I think he meant why didn't he dominate college DBs. All right. Um, you got to look at the offense that he was in. So I'll answer the second part to that question first. The offense that he was in, 
Very simple. You ran a 5-yard stop, 10-yard stop, 15-yard stop, or a goal route depending on the defensive back. So if he beat the defensive back off the line, he was running the goal. If the receiver was up, if the DB was upfield, he would break off his route and it was on the quarterback to read him. That was the offense. And occasionally he would do something in breaking. Both receivers did that. So on the left side or right side, on the other side, they had Hodge, I mean Lodge, Demarcus Lodge. He ran the same routes as DK Metcalf. That was just their offense. It was crappy. All right. And their offense worked inside out. So a lot of what they did, which was the easier throw to make over the middle, was to A.J. Brown. And that's why you see the inflation in his targets and catches. All right. I think this is the last question I will answer. And it is, which rookie wide receiver do you see having a year one impact? And who do you see as the best long term? (sighs) Let's see. Let's see. Year one impact. I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. And I know he slid and people are like, well, he slid for a reason. But I just think with what he does well, we're not going to focus on the things that he doesn't do well. The things that he does do well, and that's definitely stretch the field. That goes hand-in-hand hand with what the Seahawks want to do off of the play action and, and throw the ball downfield. So off of that, I think he's going to have the best year one impact. I don't know if that – and it might not be a lot of catches, but he might have big-time yards. He might end up being a 11, 1,200-yard receiver as a rookie – just because of all the downfield attempts that the Seahawks are going to throw. So year one impact, I'll say, yeah, I'll say DK Metcalf. And long term, hmm, I'm trying not to be biased. So, I mean, obviously I would say, hey, you know, one of my 49er receivers. But I'm going to get away from the Niners and say Terry McLaurin, receiver out of Ohio State with the Redskins. He's going to a team with his college quarterback. I think that they're they're going to pick up where they left off and expand on that. Good offensive-minded head coach, young quarterback. I think they're going to grow together. They're probably already boys. They know how each other work. So Terry McLaurin, he's kind of going to a system that just benefits him. I'm going to go with him and say that he's going to have the best long-term career. Obviously, I'm not counting my... 49er receivers who I want to be biased with it and mention them. <laughs> All right. But, hey, man, I'm, I've already gone kind of long here, so I'm going to cut this episode off now. And I thank you guys all for listening. I want to encourage you guys to subscribe, rate, review, give me feedback, hit me in the DMs. Any questions you guys have, go ahead and hit me. If you guys want a thread of a receiver, I love doing threads. I love breaking it down. Um, I get a lot of good feedback on those. So, man, tap in with all that and catch me next week talking about the cornerbacks and safeties. I'll talk about corners and safeties right here on the Press Coverage Podcast.